Hi, this is Mike McNamara, and you're listening to All Marine Radio on your home for it, the one and only All Warrior Radio Network. Interesting email from some Marines yesterday. Um, and obviously, we've talked about force design, blah, 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 blah. Hey, Mac, has there been any reconciliation of the war plans to account for the change in the maps? Uh, no. <laughs> Their response, huh? Yeah, go figure that. Does anybody really care? Is anybody really watching? That's a good question. So. Yeah. Holy shit, right? So anyway, thought I'd share that with you. Um, tomorrow, <clears throat> we're going to talk about six articles. Now, I'm not sure that we will... Um, I'm not sure we will get to it, but uh, but here's what I want to talk about uh, in the art. There's six articles, one by John Schmidt, 
who is uh, who was the who was General Gray's chief writer of FM FM One, which was the doctrinal publication that the Marine Corps turned to uh, when it embraced maneuver warfare as a war fighting philosophy. And um, so the um, so the article starts with John Schmidt, and I'll read you the title of Schmidt's article. And but here's here's the hard part of what I'm asking the Mensa brothers to do is uh, you have to pick one sentence out of each. Now, it's unreasonable. This I know, okay? But I will enjoy holding them to that. Schmidt's article is entitled, The Marines Are Marching Towards Irrelevance. Okay, so that's John Schmidt's article. The next article in this series of six is one of four that appeared in Task and Purpose, and that is uh, written by General Sinney. What is the role of the Marine Corps in today's global security environment? So that is General Zinni's contribution um, to this discussion. And he, as he's known here, the burning bush himself, yes. Okay. And then the subheadline, the Marine Corps has been of greatest value to our nation by staying ready and adaptable. Okay, so that's uh, that's General Zinni. So that's article number two. Okay. Article number three written by Lieutenant General Paul K. Van Riper entitled, The Marine Corps' plan to redesign the force will only end up breaking it. Subheadline, neither history nor the American people will judge the Corps' action as wise so that's number three number four is an article written by lieutenant general greg newbold it's entitled the marine corps new talent management plan forgets what makes the service unique subheadline talent management 2030 the new plan for overhauling the personnel policies of the Marine Corps threatens to change the ethos of the Marine Corps. So that is the fourth article. The fifth article is an article about Marine Corps aviation. It is entitled, The Marine Corps' reorganization plan will cripple its aviation capabilities. Subheadline, with this degradation, it isn't just the Marines who will suffer, but the nation itself when it comes to both conflict and deterrence. That is written by General Terry Dake. And then the sixth article in the series, was one that appeared in the Washington Post this past weekend. Uh, It's titled, War is a Dirty Business. Will the Marine Corps be ready for the next one? It is written, surprisingly enough, 
by former General Krulak, right? Uh, well, retired General Krulak. And he's a former commandant of the Marine Corps, the 31st commandant, to be exact. So you have, I mean, really in stunning fashion, you have a former commandant of the Marine Corps taking on the current commandant of the Marine Corps in public. So uh, that's the sixth article. Um, so what the task is of the Mensa brothers, and Tim will not be with us. He's doing something. And so um, he will not be able to join us. But because I'm the moderator that I am, yeah, exactly, um, because I'm that guy, I, um, <laughs> yeah, Mac, don't break your arm patting yourself on the back. Trust me. Um, so because I'm that guy, um, I offered Timmy a little deal. I said, hey, man, why don't you um, why don't you record something with me today because Will and Jeff will do something tomorrow? Um, why don't you do something with me today? We'll record your segments of all these things. And then, yeah, and then I will play them as I deem appropriate because I am the host, yes. And so Tim said, okay, so so there you have it. So that's what we're gonna do. It's not an easy task, mind you, okay? Not an easy task for these intellectual giants. So um, yeah, so you have to look at the article, you have to distill it and say, all right, of all that was written, this is the sentence. Maybe I should give them more than one sentence. And maybe I should give them a total of three sentences in each. I'll have to mull that about. So anyway, and then what I want to do is there's been things written, Defending Force Design 2030, and I want to uh, take that apart in a similar fashion. So you know, that's, uh, that's my plan. That's what I've been working on this morning. Um. My morning set, just so everybody knows, the Yankees play the Orioles at 10 o'clock here on the West Coast. So I'm excited about that. And um, I'm actually going to unscrew my weather before I begin to give it. So I'll do that. And we'll do the news today. And then I'm done. I'm on, yeah, I'm on like a book writing like thing in my head. And... Um, and I think I kind of have it. I mean, I, I mean, my experience with post-traumatic winning is, uh, honestly is, is, is crazy. And you, if you listen on a regular basis, you hear pieces of it. Um, but I think what makes post-traumatic winning ultimately very different is it's warm, welcoming human. It involves flawed human beings. Uh, you put them in an environment where they feel comfortable with people just like themselves and it's not like people, you know, this isn't in your head and you don't want to talk about it. We do. And so, yeah, um, 
So that's what happened. And uh, and really the results from the online seminars, when you see this interaction of people that have have um, that have gone through these experiences, and you see the way they learn from each other, it's it's amazing. But I think integral to the whole thing is my incredible personality. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Come on. Um, but only a little bit. Um, what's important about it is that, you know, self-deprecating in nature, uh, enough profanity to make it interesting. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's all important because it makes it not clinical. It makes it not weird. It just makes it like human beings um, who are struggling, who found a place, and, and that place is a pretty cool place. So, um, yeah, so I think I think the book should mirror that, if that makes sense. The opening of the book, you know, should be an invitation to go on this journey of collaboration, not this journey to a solution where somebody's going to tell you, you know, um, how what you're going to do, how you're going to feel or whatnot. Because, you know, I describe post-traumatic winning as a boulevard, right? I mean, it is a path, but the path is really wide. So at any given point, you and I can see each other on the path because it's really wide but we're not on the same spot because we're different. So quite naturally, my uh, remedy to the things that I struggle with would be different than your remedy for the things that you struggle with. And it accounts for that. But in writing this, I, I want it to, oh, there's, where are you going? I'm going to go get my haircut. Colleen's going to go get her haircut. How much are you getting cut off? Like a whole quarter? A whole quarter, a whole quarter inch. You know, men get their hair cut every fucking week almost, right? A, a woman goes and gets a quarter inch. You wouldn't even notice shit came off their head. And it's, a, oh my God, where are you going? I'm going to get my hair cut. Really? Do you understand that grows back? No, you don't understand. Mm -hmm. And then the, she'll go and she'll come back and I'll be like, would you get cut off? Get you get the hair on your legs cut off? Because that certainly needs to be cut off. You disgust, you disgusting thing. Uh, but according to Colleen, a whole three inches off her hair. So we shall see what Colleen has. So, yeah, I don't even know where it was. No, I was talking about the book. Um, I digress. The um, I didn't. She barged in on me. The um, So the book should be choreographed the same way I see the uh, the class go, which is I did not want to come to this fucking thing and then I came and holy shit, I learned so much and I feel so different about my struggle and again what and, and here's the one of the things like one of the visuals that I'm developing for the book is this post-traumatic winning is about mental fitness, it is for people that don't have serious mental illnesses Okay, and that is by far the vast majority of us. Okay, so if we don't have mental, uh, if we don't have serious mental illnesses, 
and all we are is struggling with life, okay, what do we need? What do we need? And I would tell you, we don't need to be inducted into the large funnel of years of medication and years of therapy because the data that goes with that is not good. So what do we need? We need somebody to tell us the truth, the no bullshit truth, the unvarnished truth, tell you that there's a fucking path. There's people that have gone down that path before you, right? And maybe you should copy them, which I call being kindergarten smart, right? Kindergarten smart, right? You The first week of kindergarten, you find the kid who flunked because that guy's got all the answers. It's never a girl either. Girls don't flunk kindergarten. Guys do. At least they used to, but when we used to flunk people, now they don't flunk anybody because it's too traumatic. But anyway, back in the day, they would flunk people. So who's that guy? He knows all the answers. Oh, he flunked kindergarten last year. That's cool. Hey, man, how's it going? My name's Mac. You become that guy's best buddy, right? He knows where the graham crackers are. He knows where the balls are. He knows where all the blocks and the triangles and all the bullshit is for music. Guy's a fucking genius for two weeks. Shortly after the second week, you find out why he's still in kindergarten, right? Because he can't do complex tasks like tie his shoes. Back in the days, then you used to tie your shoes, right? There wasn't so some Velcro shit so we could subsidize idiots and get them to first grade because they couldn't tie their fucking shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what did that entail? Your mother making you sit there and watch her tie your shoes, and then you had to do it. Mm-hmm. A complex task, tying your shoes. Yes. Too complicated for most kids. Now, Velcro or slip-ons. You can be a moron as an adult. And the way is paved by shit like that. So anyway, um, yeah, it's called kindergarten smart. People that have done it before. Read Viktor Frankl. Study Admiral Stockdale. Stockdale's quote. I, I cut this quote out years ago before I even knew the context of the quote. It appeared in a publication. It was It's called Marines Magazine. And it was really cool, it, but it was just kind of a picture magazine. But it, was, I, I, it would come out. It'd be laying around. So I'd grab it, look at it. But they always had great pictures in it. So I'd look at it, and I see this quote. I, had, there's, I cut out two quotes from the magazine, one by President Reagan. It's that quote about some people live a whole lifetime and wonder if they made a difference. Marines don't have that problem. Yeah, Ron Reagan. Um, and then the other one was Admiral Stockdale. The true test of character is perseverance when there is no light at the end of the tunnel and no hope of light ever coming. And you read that and you went, Whoa, like, I, who the fuck is this guy? Like, that's that's a dark day. So you study people like that. You you read things that they studied, and in particular, the Stoic philosophers. And all of a sudden, you find out that there is this fucking path. But I never knew it because nobody ever thought it was probably germane enough for to, to tell us about this shit. And I don't understand it because Stockdale's part of our naval, naval culture. Many of the, the people that survived at the Hanoi Hilton are part of the Navy Marine Corps team. 
so that would never be something that they would articulate to us? I don't understand that. And show us this path? Don't understand that either. So you begin to see this thing and you show people this path and you say, hey, you know, you could do it if you want to. And let me tell you, and then what you see is people that don't have any fucking business being happy. That if you if you laid out their body of work, the shit that's that's impacted their lives, you would look at them and say, yeah, you're not going to be happy ever. And you just need to live with it. And then you see them change their life. And you know what's the most important thing is the first fucking step they take. Yeah, the, again, that whole bullshit about the journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. Guess what? That's not bullshit. Yeah, how about that? That's not bullshit. Hmm. Interesting, isn't it? So anyway, the challenge that I have is to um, somehow or other craft, in particular, the opening of the book so that somebody who would read it would open it and, and read it and say, holy shit, man, I want to re- read this thing. And that its length be relatively concise but there would be multiple volumes of it. Yeah. And then interspersed with the um, with the in the book would be stories of people who I've met who have gone through this thing and the way it's impacted their life. And um, and so that you would you would read a little bit and then you'd read about one of the people that is just writing their story. Hey, this is me. All right, this is what happened to me in my life. And, oh, by the way, um, I've been in therapy for years. I've been medicated for years. Typical. I quit it all. And then a friend of mine asked me to do this thing that Mac does. And I did it as a favor to my friend because I thought it was just going to be another piece of shit. And this is what happened to me. And then, and I will tell you my experience, the power of that of another human being story that sounds eerily similar to my story is huge because slowly but surely what you have is people say, well, if that person can do it, then I could probably do it. Yeah. And that is a huge step. And so, but I, but I believe it's, it's, that whole thing is has to be told in a certain way. It has to be very human. It has to be filled with flawed people who've gone down this path that you're going down or, or you're examining going down. So anyway, I'm into book writing right now. And it's not easy for me either. Writing in general, I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge outliner, and I've outlined much of the book. And, and the, the book essentially writes itself. It's the opening of the book that I'm I, I, I'm struggling with or that's the piece that I'm I'm dealing with right now. So anyway, book writing. If you have any thoughts on it, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, send them to me. But don't be an asshole, okay? Yeah. Anyway, we're gonna check the news today. Um yeah, book writing's hard if in case you've never done it. You know? And then I have a children's book in my head. I mean I had the un 
obviously the unenviable task of, um, you know, telling my two sons who at the time were six and nine, I believe, maybe seven and ten, that their nephews had been, their cousins had been murdered. And um, I didn't, I mean, I didn't know what to say. How do you do that? And then what do you do in the aftermath? as they come to you and ask you questions and things like that. And so, um, yeah, so the, it'll be a children's book. And uh, so that book is, is written. It's called, it's called Colleen Can't Forget, and it's about a, a kid. And, and the event she sees is never even mentioned in the book. Um, but she, she can't forget, and she goes on this little trip uh, where she just talks to her grandma and grandpa, her brothers and sisters, her mom, about things that they can't forget, and they teach her a little piece of post-traumatic winning. And then at the end of the book, she thanks her dad, who sent her on this journey. Quite naturally, her father would do this, right? Of course. No, I know, I know. It's in, in theory, a mother could do this, right? But in the book, I do it, right? So anyway... Um, I'm joking. So don't send me an, an email about what sexist shithead I am. Because I'm not. Um, <clears throat> and then her father at the end challenges her and says, Hey, Colleen, I know it's really good that you've learned all this, but I'm not done with you yet. Your work is not finished. And she looks at her father and says, What, what else would I do, Dad? And he says, when you meet your friends that are struggling, I want you to teach them the things that you've learned, and I want you to help them. And so that's what Colleen does. Right, so the whole Colleen can't forget um, is would be a book for children. Yeah. So, so I'm... Uh, yeah, the book writing business, like I said, does not come easy to me. Writing in general doesn't come easy to me. Um, so uh, there you have it. So we'll check the news today, and uh, I will get you on your way. I'm not really in the mo mood to do the news either, but I'll do it. All right, I'll do it, and because uh, that's the kind of guy that I am. So good morning to you. I'm yeah, more in the news to. I'm more in the mood to just bullshit. <laughs> Um, but I won't, I won't restrain myself. Okay. I'm not really in the, in the mood to do all Marine radio, but here we are. All right. So good morning. The United States Marine Corps band makes this morning official. <laughs>
And uh, this is dedicated to some Marines who sent me an email yesterday. And I think probably one of the most important things that happens relative to this discussion in the Marine Corps is that officers know that it's your moral responsibility to vigorously debate this. No matter what anybody fucking says, we're only going to ask young 18, 19, 20-year-olds to play You Bet Your Life on the shit we concoct. And so vigorous intellectual discourse, articulate discourse, is your fucking job. Officers, staff, NCOs, NCOs, and you should take that shit seriously, right? Because when you zip somebody's body into a bag, it's too fucking late. So to a bunch of Marines who sent me an email yesterday, it's dedicated to you. Keep doing that shit. betraying your whole life if you don't say what you think and you don't say it honestly and bluntly what keeps you awake at night nothing i keep other people awake at night for this campus had prepared him well <clears throat> i'm very confident that thank you very much <clears throat> if this was vodka it'd be a lot better speech <clears throat> But I'm not supposed to glamorize alcohol anymore. So, young folks, you ignore what I just said. We just have to execute. And we are executing every day. And Sergeant Major and I are very proud of what you do. Doesn't mean we can't get better. We don't, we don't want to make a mistake to learn. We don't want to lose to learn. We cannot lose if we have to go fight. We got to do what these Marines did here 75 years ago. Persevere against difficult challenging conditions and odds and win. You gotta win.
time for us to check the weather here. I've unscrewed my weather. Yeah. So I'll be able to tick through them like it's nothing, like I'm just doing the weather. Currently, it is sunny and 49 in Quantico. That would be in Northern Virginia. Down the coast at Cherry Point, it is mostly sunny and 61. In 29 Palms, it is sunny and 66. Pendleton Fog and 58. Camp Smith in Hawaii. It is dark cloudy and 73. What the fuck, man? I'm pissed though. Already have an account? Log in. Why am I signed out of my weather account? I don't know. If I sign in, what the hell would be my password? Do you have this problem? I do. Oh my God. Did I type the right password? I did. I'm irritated. Shit. What the hell, man? Sorry, man. This is brutal. What would my password be? Okay, hold on. There's a workaround to all this. I think, although I'm not sure. How about... Because I use multiple browsers in case I have to steal the weather from some other place. Yeah. <laughs> and it worked. Camp Smith in Hawaii. 69 degrees, dark and cloudy. Okinawa, Shima, for those of you who don't know. Uh, dark, cloudy, and 77. In Manila, it is dark, cloudy, and 84. In Darwin, don't you know, it is dark, cloudy, and 80. At the home of Almerin Radio, it is cloudy, and 60. Yeah, <sighs> take that. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Um, actually these turn into my favorite shows right I call it all personality radio <laughs> yeah you may <laughs> again um, uh, top story in Stars and Stripes new electronic record system crashes at VA hospitals as lawmakers question officials about earlier system outages House lawmakers told officials at the Department of Veterans Affairs this week to halt their launch of the agency's new electronic health record systems 
at any other facilities until the problems that caused the outages at the first two medical centers to use the new system were fixed. The VA is, the VA is reimagining their approach to costly electronic health record project. I thought that was supposed to simplify everything. Hmm? Hmm. Russia releases a Marine veteran by the name of Trevor Reed as part of a prisoner swap. And then Russia, this was news yesterday, still in the news, cuts off gas to two NATO nations in a bid to divide the West. <clears throat> so that in the news, Stars and Stripes. Okay, next, from the Wall Street Journal, top headline is U.S. economy shrank 1.4% in the weakest quarter since 2020. Yikes. Uh, on the upside, though, tech stocks rose this morning. We don't care about that. Relative to Russia v. Ukraine, the top headline in the Wall Street Journal is this. Russia making slow progress in bid to cut off Ukrainian forces. Any success for Moscow's forces in severing Ukraine's units, supplies lines in the east may not be decisive, analysts say, as Russians would be vulnerable to counterattack and face tough urban fighting. Yeah, Russians could have a tough time. There's no indication by anything that they've done that they have the capability to do what they're trying to do, but we shall see. Um, next headline, German parliament approves arms shipment to Ukraine. Interesting series of opinion pieces in the Wall Street Journal. Russia's energy extortion of Poland and Bulgaria by the editorial board. Right? An article by Big West in the Wall Street Journal. Ukraine needs far more heavy weapons. And then a editorial board piece from yesterday, where are Germany's weapons for Ukraine? Next headline, Germany drops opposition to embargo on Russian oil. Germany, which had been one of the main opponents of sanctioning the European Union's oil and gas trade with Moscow, is now ready to stop buying Russian oil, clearing the way for an EU ban on crude imports from Russia, according to government officials. How about that? So that all in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, in the New York Times, top headline is, Biden asked Congress for $33 billion more in aid for Ukraine. Next headline, fears of widening war as Russia issues new warnings. Biden says Putin is worried about abject failure in the war. 
Biden says Putin is worried about the abject failure in the war so far and is making nuclear threats against the West as a result. Yeah, well, the problem is he's got nuclear weapons. And if he loses, might he do something? I saw something pretty interesting that said he would, as a warning, he would shoot one into no man's land. Might be over a body of water, might be over a piece of dirt, just to let everybody know. I was joking with Grant about what it is in a baseball game to throw up and in on somebody, right? Not so subtle message, right? So might Vladimir Putin do that? Um, Washington Post headline. U.S. economy shrinks 1.4% in first quarter, raising fear of recession. It's 44 minutes ago. It's interesting New York Times doesn't lead with that, right? Again, the way we approach the nude. Um, next, Biden seeks $33 billion in aid for Ukraine, power to liquidate oligarchs' assets. Yeah. That is in the news. And then there's an op-ed piece. Who is Jennifer Rubin? Why do I know her name? She's writing a piece about the Secretary of Defense. Lloyd Austin is right. Russia must be weakened. Yeah, still interesting discussion. Why would he say it out loud? Her article starts like this. True to the definition of a Kinsley gaffe. Who's that named after? Not being the literate person that Jennifer Rubin is. Let me find out. And you can find out along with me. Political gaffe. A political gaffe is an error in speech made by a Polish by a politician, according to Barack Obama. It is Kinsley gaffe. A Kinsley gaffe occurs when a politi- when a political gaffe reveals some truth that a politician did not intend to admit. The term comes from the journalist Michael Kinsley, who said. A gaffe is when a politician tells the truth, some obvious truth he isn't supposed to say. Now, he uses the male gender pronoun. I'm sure we all know that's so passe right there. The term gaffe may be used to describe an inadvertent statement by a politician that the politician believes is true, while the politician has not fully analyzed the consequences of publicly stating it. Another definition is a statement made when a politician privately believes it to be true, realizes the dire consequences of saying it, and yet inadvertently utters in public the unutterable. Another definition is a politician's statement of what is on their mind. This may or may not be inadvertent, thereby leading to a ritualized gaff dance between candidates. While exhibiting umbrage or shock, and playing on the mistake, the offended candidate must not exhibit anything resembling glee. Next, a propensity to concentrate on so-called gaffes in campaigns has been criticized as a journalistic device that can lead to a distraction from the real issue. The Kinsley gaffe is said to be a species of the general political gaffe. Kinsley himself posed the question, quote, why should something a politician says by accident automatically be taken 
as a better sign of his or her real thinking than something he or she says on purpose. Hmm. So the question is and remains, was he supposed to say this? Or was he thinking out loud? So I go back to Jennifer Rubin. Now, who is Jennifer Rubin? Let me scroll to the bottom of this with a... Um, Jennifer Rubin writes reported opinion for the Washington Post. She is the author of Resistance, colon, How Women Saved Democracy from Donald Trump. Okay. That's Jennifer Rubin. True to the definition of a Kinsley gaffe, a politician accidentally telling the truth, the defense... Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said this week, quote, we want to see Russia weaken to the degree that it can't do the kinds of things it has done in invading Ukraine. In some corners of the punditocracy, the remark was greeted with alarm. Some critics were concerned it would make Russian president and war criminal Vladimir Putin cranky. Others insisted it marked a shift in U.S. policy. In reality, Austin simply stated the obvious. The goal of the United States from the onset of Russia's aggression has been to defend an independent democratic Ukraine, democratic uh, uh, kind of Ukraine. One does this by defeating the invader, which necessitates weakening it. It does. It is not news that the U.S. economic sanctions were designed to wreck the Russian economy, thereby prompting Putin or others with influence to consider ending the debacle. Nor is it news that the United States is arming Ukraine to provide it the means necessary to destroy Russia's military. What is accurate is that the pace, extent, and breadth of the operations to arm Ukraine have stepped up as the war has shifted to the Donbass region of Ukraine. The Post reports on the 40-country effort to ensure Ukraine has everything it needs to win the battle. Quote, We've got to move at the speed of war, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin told reporters after the day-long meeting in Germany with delegations from more than 40 nations gathered to hear the latest military assessments of the conflict and coordinate their efforts to aid Ukraine. The briefings today laid out clearly why the coming weeks will be so crucial for Ukraine, Austin said. We've been pretty clear from the onset. We do, not, we do want to make it harder for Russia to threaten its neighbors. In the 62 days since the invasion began, he said, Russia, Russian land forces have been affected in a very significant way with substantial casualties, depleted stockpiles, and loss of equipment, including the sinking this month of the Moskva, the flagship of Russia's Black Fleet by, the Ukrainian, by a Ukrainian missile attack. Russia will have difficulty reconstituting its forces because of Western sanctions and trade restrictions. He said, Army General Mark Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, likewise confirmed that defending Ukraine will, quote, involve a weakened Russia, a strengthened NATO, and unity for the West. So the question is, was it an inadvertent slip or not? She, she ends like this. As Pentagon spokesman John Kirby, who Will does not care for, has said multiple times, the United States has coordinated with Ukraine's military from the beginning to provide what it needed. The main ask that the Biden administration denied using planes 
from a NATO base to defend Kyiv was not, it turned out, needed to rebuff that part of the Russian assault. And who told you that? Mm -hmm. Your friend's right here. Her final paragraph. So yes, the United States is trying to weaken Russia in a proxy war on behalf of democracy and rules-based international law. And as difficult as it might be for our critics to acknowledge Biden has directed one of the most effective economic and military aid operations in modern history. Putin has already failed in his objective and hobbled his own country. For that, the brave Ukrainians and the Biden administration deserve ample credit. Jennifer Rubin. There you go. The question remains. Did he he do it on purpose? Hmm. The world may never know. Elon Musk, much in in the news, right? Much in the news. And quite interesting, too. So the question is, what what will he do with Twitter? And I have to tell you, it is moderately amusing um, as a conservative to watch the hysteria right? Liberals had a lock on social media. Yeah. So, so then in the Washington Post, um, in USNI News, top story is maybe COVID-19 vaccine refusal separations rise to 815. Let's see if they give an update on all the services. Um, it's done by Heather Mongilio. Mongilio? Um, let's see. 850 approved separations. 761 are active duty sailors. 32 are reservists. 22 personnel within their first 180 days of service. That's known as buyer's remorse. There are still 4,037 active duty sailors who are not fully vaccinated against COVID-19. Hmm. So they do not give a update on the other services, much to my chagrin. Uh, next story. Navy will endure strike fighter gaps until 2031. This is not good. Despite recent projections that it could eliminate the strike fighter gaps in the next three years, the Navy now won't have enough jets to train and deploy efficiently until 2031, two lawmakers said today. Representative Donald Norcross, Democrat New Jersey, and Representative Vicki Hartzler, Republican Missouri, the top lawmakers on the House Armed Services Tactical Air and Land Forces Subcommittee, disclosed a new timeline during the panel's hearing today. Norcross, the chairman of the panel, noted the committee was skeptical of the Navy's previous projection that it could get rid of its fighter gaps by 2035. Quote, and one year later, our skepticism proved warranted, and the Navy now informs us that the strike fighter shortfall will not be resolved until six years later in 2031 because of further unplanned reductions of F-35 purchases 
and the reduced aircraft inductions into the FA-18 modification program. Norcross was referring to the Block II FA-18 Echo and Foxtrot Super Hornets entering the service life modification program meant to upgrade the aircraft to a Block III configuration. Now, if you know what that means, you're a dork. Sadly, I do. So again, uh, the United States is in this window of vulnerability in which we have divested both the Navy and the Marine Corps in order to invest, but we haven't got the invest part yet. We've just divested, so we are weaker. Uh, next interesting story. <laughs> next shitty story. Listen to this one. This is interesting. You've read about all these. Um, you've read about all these things. U.S. missiles sent to Ukraine aren't easily replaced. Panel tells the Senate. What? Don't we just turn on the factory again? Hmm. The United States has shipped about a third of its existing arsenal of Stinger, Stinger anti-air and Javelin anti-armor missiles to Ukraine. Systems that are not quickly replaced, two experts on Pentagon, Pentagon buying said on Tuesday. What? What do you mean? What do you mean? Testifying before the Senate Armed Service Committee, Ellen Lord, who served as the Defense Department's top acquisition official, said stingers cannot be replaced within the next couple of years because its production line has been shut down. Even simple items such as diodes used to regulate voltage for these systems could be difficult to obtain. Quote, even with Javelin, we're probably five years away from replenishing that stock despite its manufacturing line remaining open. What the hell, man? David Berteau, Chief Executive Officer of Professional Services Council, said, quote, we, we have yet to see a single contract in place for the replacement systems going to Ukraine following Russia's February 24 invasion. Noting the one-third depletion of stingers and javelins, he says, we're behind. Good call, Dave. What? These story, these shortfalls are only part of the story the committee heard as the United States is also sending other equipment, armored personnel carriers and howitzers to, to Ukraine. I don't really want to read anymore because this is kind of scary shit, right? Yeah, we've sent all this stuff away and we can't make it anymore. Huh? Hold on. Is my headset screwed up or did I just hear that right? Oh, that's right. I'm not wearing a headset. What the fuck did you just say? Uh, you heard me right, Senator McNamara. We cannot produce this shit. That's awesome. What the fuck, man? Senator Richard Blumenthal, a former Marine, said he fight, fought in Vietnam, actually never had been there in his life during his election campaign many years ago, which he completely denies now. Um, anyway, uh, in his questioning, said armored personnel carriers and other platforms and systems beyond Stinger and Javelin were being drawn on to support Kiev and also have yet to be replaced. The challenge in the replacement of all those stocks is, quote-unquote, extremely daunting, according to Senator Blumenthal. Hmm. Hmm. So we got that going for us. 
What in the hell, man? Marine Corps finds itself in the same spot, right? Right? Which is divest, now invest, right? And the Navy doesn't want to build the ships. That's not a good situation to be in. Um, headline, this is interesting. Trained Russian Navy dolphins are protecting the Black Sea Naval Base, according to satellite photos. Hmm. Russia has deployed trained dolphins during its invasion of Ukraine to protect the Black Sea Naval Base. The Russian Navy has placed two dolphin pens at the entrance to Sevastopol Harbor, sheltered just inside the seawall. The pens were moved there in February, around the time of the invasion of Ukraine, according to a review of satellite imagery. Inside the port, many high-value Russian ships are arranged out of range of Ukrainian missiles, but vulnerable to undersea sabotage. So, I'm telling you, PETA needs to get on that shit, man. They need to get on it. They need to besiege Vladimir Putin. Like, this is cruel. Here's another shitty story, right? Oh, my God. Headline, Marines couldn't meet requests to surge to Europe due to strain on the amphibious fleet. This is the story about how you become irrelevant. As Russia prepared to invade Ukraine, the head of U.S. European Command asked for a Marine expeditionary unit and an amphibious ready group to deploy early to Europe as a hedge against the conflict expanding. But the Marine Corps couldn't meet the request. Lieutenant General Carson Heckel the Deputy Commandant for Combat Development and Integration told the Senate Armed Service Committee Sea Power Subcommittee today. Asked how important it is for the Marine Corps to receive advanced procurement funding for an amphibious warship the service recently builds as its top unfunded priority for the upcoming fiscal year, Heckel pointed to the recent scenario. Within force design, it's our ongoing requirement as the Marine Corps and by law, to be the crisis response force for the nation. Without those LPDs, that's a, that's a ship type, just so you know, sir. The other amphibious, traditional L-class amphibious warships, we cannot be there. And we're already struggling now. And the case in point was the 22nd Marine Expeditionary Unit off the East Coast. According to Heckel, U.S. European Command Chief General Todd Walter asked for the 22nd Mew and the Kearsarge and Amphibious Ready Group that they sortie early to be on station as the Ukrainian situation evolved or devolved and we were not able to sortie the ships. The way we've typically conducted heel-to-toe deployments, the Mew should have been on station and available for, com- for the combatant commanders tasking and it was not. And so then we get into the discussion about the amphibs. The amphibs that the Navy does not want to be a part of. And what effect that has on the Marine Corps and what effect that has on the ability to respond to a crisis. So, interesting. 
Interesting. Uh, top story in This is the top story in Marine Corps time. Top story. Trial opens for Marine veteran ex-cop charged in the Capitol riot. Really? Is that what? Right? <laughs> is that what we're really talking about? I guess that's the top story in Marine Land today. That is the top piece of clickbait. Okay. All right, top five stories in early bird are like this. More than half of the 90 U.S. howitzers bound for Ukraine have now been delivered. But let me tell you, there's a problem, right? The problem is, can you train them? Can you spare part them? Can you, can you ammunize them? Can you do all the things that you got to do to make them effective? That's the question. We shall see. We shall see. Uh, next headline, months-long flotation device delay precedes Texas soldiers drowning. This story is really a shit story, honestly. The, on the ongoing shit show down on the border and the politics behind it is disgusting. The flights of people at night to different parts of the country and no nothing's... So, I mean, I would, I would really be interested to know, could you explain to us how this system works in total they come across then what happens to them well they're taken to these holding areas okay then what happens uh they're all given asylum uh, uh what well they're given like probationary time in the country and they're told to co show up for a court date and that's when you give them a the cell phone well, the cell phone's kind of a local thing that we do in order for that to summon them and keep track of them. Gotcha. So then what happens? Well, they're given a court date. When when would that be? Oh, anywhere from two to three years from now. Gotcha. And then where do they go? Uh, and that's, I don't know. I see stories that they're bus places, they're flown places. So, and then who foots the bill for, for all of this? the state so this is from a former city councilman so you decide you're gonna fly them to amarillo not amarillo still in texas i won't i won't get the texas thing going you decide them to decide that you're gonna fly them to denver colorado and they're let off at the bus terminal then what They go on the Colorado, state of Colorado social welfare rolls? Yes. Got it. So the federal government, whose job is to control the border, doesn't do that. You send them to Colorado, and then the citizens of Colorado pay for them. Yes. Gotcha. I would just like to see a brief of this is how this thing actually works. Okay? Yeah. But the story is, Right. Specialist Bishop Evans jumped into the Rio Grande near Eagles Pass to save two migrants who appeared to be drowning. He was a reservist artilleryman from Arlington, Texas. He was one of 10,000 members of the Texas National Guard who were serving on the border. 
He jumped into the water without a flotation device and drowned. Now, the incident's still under investigation because there is speculation that he drowned trying to save two drug smugglers. Come on. Now that a flotation device was supposed to be issued months ago, but not so much anymore. Uh, Russia releases U.S. Marine veteran as part of a prisoner exchange. Um, Russia and the United States carried out a dramatic prisoner exchange on Wednesday, trading a Marine veteran jailed in Moscow for convicted Russian drug traffickers serving a long prison sentence in America. The surprise deal would have been a notable diplomatic maneuver, even in times of peace. But it was all more extraordinary because it was done as Russia's war with Ukraine has driven relations to the U.S. to a low point. As part of the exchange, Russia released Trevor Reed, former Marine from Texas, who was arrested in the summer of 2019 after Russian authorities said he assaulted an officer while being driven by police to a police station following a night of drinking. Reed was later sentenced to nine years in prison, though his family has maintained his innocence, and the U.S. government has described him as unjustly detained. U.S. officials said Wednesday morning that Reed had already spoken by phone to his family following his release, was on his way back to the United States. The U.S. agreed to return Konstantin Yaroshenko, a Russian pilot serving a 20-year federal sentence in Connecticut for conspiracy to smuggle cocaine in the United States, after he was arrested in Liberia in 2010 and extradited to the United States. So, that in the news. Many of you saw that. Push-ups, run, planks, and tactical nap. Soldiers need more sleep, Army researchers find. You know, I have to tell you this. If you just peruse the news and you were a Martian, right, you would quickly conclude like, wow, this is a this is a population that's really set upon, right? Anxiety, depression, lack of sleep. Nobody wants to go back to work. These they must it must be extremely difficult difficult to live on this planet. I mean, look, this is just a, a world populated by victims. Fort Eustis, Virginia. As soldiers learn how to do leg tucks, better planks, deadlifts, and carry heavy objects, they'll also learn the discipline of tactical naps. <laughs> what in the hell? Major Allison Bragger discussed the need for sleep with an audience at the Army's second annual Holistic Health and Fitness Conference here at the home of Army Training and Doctrine Command. Tradoc. Brager, who is a neurobiologist, also works for the John F. Kennedy Special Forces Special Warfare Center and school where she tracks Special Forces selection and retention. Data gathered from Army Studies and the Services Sleep Research Center are showing similar results. Soldiers need sleep. Good God. The tactical nap is about a 20-minute power nap. 
Where did the term power nap come from? Such a bullshit term. When I take a nap, it's not 20 minutes. Let me tell you. A tactical nap is about 20-minute nap that soldiers should be encouraged to implement when needed. And commanders should recognize that it will not only enhance performance, but also safety. So wait a minute. So what it means is I'm going to fucking go to sleep during work days. I don't know. Like, hey, I don't, how do you manage that? How do you implement that? Everybody just goes to sleep when they want to. Hey, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, sir, I'm taking a power nap. Oh, I thought you were just fucking off and sleeping. No, sir. Power nap. I don't know how it fucking works, man. Hey, sounds great in concept. But normally when we're doing shit, it's not a bunch of fucking hippies smoking dope and somebody's taking a fucking nap. It ain't like that. Shit's got to get fucking done. Oh, sir, I'll get to it. I'll get to uh, getting that spare part for the uh, for the artillery radar, the counter-battery radar that everybody needs to see where the fucking shooting's coming from. But I have to tell you, I'm really tired and I got to take a power nap. I'm going to kill that motherfucker, right? Um, anyway, the Army, God help him. The vast majority of troops kicked out for COVID vaccine refusal re- received general discharges. I would tell you this to the people I talked to. The people that got thrown out, they wanted the fuck out of the military. And the COVID thing was just the quickest way out. Again, buyer's remorse. It wasn't some principled medical stand. I'm sorry to inform you. But it was, they looked around and said, I'm so sick of this fucking shit. I want the fuck out. And all I have to do is say no to a shot. No. Not only no, sir, but fuck no. When do I get out? Right? Can I still get my benefits? Fuck it. If not, I'll go home. Um, headlines on Ukraine, and then I'll put a bowl in this thing. Um, Jennifer Rubin. This is from Ohio, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Let me tell you, somebody got into Tim yesterday when he was talking about Chaparral Deserts in Texas. Yeah, because Tim has like talked about um, being a podcast expert and it's just a bunch of bullshit. Now he's got people fact checking him. This is William. I don't know where William's from or I'd give him a location. This is William from nowhere. Okay. I heard Tim say something the other day that I'd never heard as a lifelong Texan. Oh, this is this is Bill from Texas. So I did some additional research. He referred to the portion of Texas that he lives in as the Chaparral Desert. Well, I think he made that up too, along with his Wizard of Oz info. Where is the Chaparral Desert located? The Chaparral biome is found a little bit is found in a little bit of most of the continents. The west coast of the United States the west coast of South Africa, the Cape Town area of South Africa, the western tip of Australia, and the coastal areas of the Mediterranean. The next thing Bill from Texas says is this. He also constantly mispronounces Texas words. Yano and... Estacanto, Llano Estacanto. 
I don't even recall Tim saying that. But yeah, I I'm a I'm a shit Spanish speaker. Yeah, I've spoke Spanish off and on in my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dígame. Mm-hmm. ¿Cómo se dice? No entiendo. Right. Mija. Yeah, I pronounce. <laughs> I I abla. I shit abla. Mm-hmm. And I'm enthusiastic when I do it too. I don't like faintly speak shit Spanish. I speak shit Spanish with passion. He constantly mispronounces Texas words. Yano estacado. What the fuck does that mean? Yano. I think that's they call. I don't know. I don't even know what the fuck he's talking about. So anyway, next. Email. Go Elon. Warner Brothers Discovery. No comment. CNN. A sinking ship. New York Times. Haven't taken the paper seriously in 25 years. Needs a buyout from Elon as well. Has no debt since they sold their New York City building years ago, which is holding their stock up. I believe a journalistic turn when I see it. Right. And that is from Kirk. All right. Here's from Ohio, man. Jennifer Rubin. Before Trump, Jennifer Rubin branded herself a conservative Republican. She was, she was is 100% anti-Trump and now has turned against all things Republican, similar to Bill Kristol. They are both despised by most conservatives these days. Being anti-Trump is okay, but aiding and abetting the left is definitely not okay. Yeah, you know, Trump is pretty much a piece of shit. I mean, you have to admit that. If you can't admit that, I mean, it's like saying Hillary Clinton's a piece of shit. It's just a fact. They're the same people. They just embrace different political ideologies for altruistic reasons Oh, not only no, but fuck no, right? For personal gain reasons. Yeah. That suit suited me a little bit better. I could make more money. I could advance further wearing that suit than that. That was their estimation. So I will wear that suit. They don't give a shit about the country. Give me a break. Let me just tell you, I, again, um, What's the prosecutor's name? The federal guy that's that's going after the whole Clinton thing. I'm going to tell you, my spidey sense is Hillary Clinton and her campaign, right, did something that uh, on a magnitude of I don't know how many times worse than Watergate. The question is, will it see the light of day? John, what's his name? Got a mustache. Looks like a very serious person most of the time. I can't remember his name. Um, headlines from Ukraine. Hold on, let me see. Another email here. Mac, I like all personality radio. Yeah, I know. <laughs> when I don't feel like doing radio, and I kind of do all personality radio, I like it too. Mm-hmm. Um, hey Mac here's a question for you 
Is there an app that you use to correspond with people that are overseas? Yeah, as a matter of fact, there is. Um, I think it's widely used by members of the military because of its encryption. It is called Signal, S-I-G-N-A-L. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's both Apple and Android apps as well as a Windows app. So it is called Signal. Yep. So secure. If you want any other advice, just let me know. I'd be more than happy to dispense it. <laughs> Here's another one. I knew Lynch was a fucking fraud, right? And Tim's dad called Jeff Fraudman. I think Tim is Fraudman. So we'll we'll see how he likes that. Holy shit! He better yeah. But see, he's not a Texan. He's down there. Trying to impersonate a Texan. And all Texans know that the carpetbaggers, of which there are many, right? What is greater than the people moving to Texas and then affecting their 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 tech their own Texan? Not much. That's a big group. That is a big group. Here's another one. Since you're giving general advice, I've got one. I've got back pain in my low back. I've never really had structural back issues. I don't think that's it. Any advice? Um, yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I do. Uh, get one of those uh, tubes that you roll on and just put it on the floor. And um, put it on the floor and then go ahead and... Uh, and roll on it with your back so you gotta you put your back flat on it at the shoulders and then you using your feet both planted firmly on the ground you roll your back up and you allow the the roller to roll your spine and the muscles in your lower back try that somebody gave me that and it works Mm -hmm. i do that and i I don't really understand it but I, i mean i i i'm like you Right, I do physical stuff. Sometimes I don't always do it right. I'll get lo- lower back pain, and I do that. And I and I have, I have two of those in my house, as a tribute to its success. So there you go. Here's another question: What do you attribute the quality of your children to? When I hear you speak of them, you're very proud of them. Your recent trip to North Dakota, as you spoke about it. Anybody listening could tell the great pride you have in your children. What do you attribute that to? Um, I attribute that to giving them what they need, but vice what they want, and not listening to a whole lot of other people. I got my mother was a good parent, you know, and my dad was too when he was around. He just wasn't around that much. Um, and my mom had some simple rules, man. You ate the food that was on your plate. Now I know that's frowned upon, right? When she said no, no meant fucking no. And I would tell you that's the advice my father-in-law gave me. And um, who he raised, he and his wife raised eight kids, and they're pretty good people. And he said if they don't understand what the word no be, n- means by the time they're two, then you are going to have a tough time. 
And you look at young kids when you yell no at them. They, they, don't even, they don't even slow down. They just keep going. No doesn't mean no. So those kind of basic things. And not tolerating one bit disrespect other people, especially when they're little. Because when they're little, that's the easiest time to correct that stuff. And that's when you form them. And I would say relative to discipline, uh, it's the Israeli approach to discipline. Disproportionate. So when they when they want to fuck around and, and be assholes, you're a bigger asshole. And then even in their little mind, they'll think, yeah, that little tantrum I just threw, and then he threw a bigger one. That's probably not the ticket. That's probably what not what I that's probably not what I should do next time. So it's basic shit. And when you get it in place when they're little, their life's simple. When you look at them and say, don't do that, they stop and they go on to the next thing. And if you look at them and say, don't do that, and they just look at you like you're a piece of shit, guess what you are? You're a piece of shit parent. And and let me tell you, and you're going to have a really tough time and you're not going to enjoy your kids as much. So I would tell you, very selfishly, have structure for your kids. And no means no. Respect is uncompromised, dog. Right? You eat the food your mother puts on your plate. I would say those basic things. And don't listen to all what all these idiots, especially schools, say. They're the stupidest shit going. Schools, in my opinion, do nothing but fuck kids up. Yeah. Every time somebody farts wrong at Colleen's high school, they got everybody together and said, how does that make you feel? And so they convince your kids that at the center of their life is their feelings. And then they graduate from high school, and what do they find out? Nobody gives a fuck about you. Nobody gives a fuck about your feelings. And we wonder why they struggle. We wonder why they struggle and why, they, why they're living at home, you know, when they're 30. Are you fucking kidding me? Yo, bro. Hey, at some point, get an apartment. Go on a date. Yeah. Try to have sex with a woman. Like, what the hell, man? Anyway, I digress. But that's, yeah, basic rules right and be consistent as a parent and your kids will your kids will become great things your kids will become great things um all right that's it i'm done That is, look at the news today. All personality radio. And uh, on that note, the Yankees start 20 in 33 minutes. They're on a six-game winning streak. I think five. I thought it was six. Hmm. I thought they swept the Cleveland Guardians, and they won the first three games of the Baltimore series, that would be six games, but it says five, so I don't really understand. So, yeah, so I'll watch that, and then I'll, I'll get after a little book writing today here. So, thanks for listening. Tomorrow's going to be interesting. Uh, I'm kind of, and I'm still crafting how this, I kind of want to do fuck off radio and talk history or something else, right? Uh and then I want to do Force Design 2030. So I'm, I'm not really sure what you're going to hear tomorrow. So if we do fuck off radio, then God only knows what you hear. 
if we don't do fuck off radio and we do something substantive, but I don't really want to do something substantive. Yeah. I'm torn about that. So here's what I got going. So what I think is we'll probably do force design next week because these six articles I'm asking a lot, maybe two or three sentences out of each article that, that breaks squelch for you. And then we'll put that mosaic together and give it. And then we'll take a look at the articles that, that say, yeah, these guys are full of shit, man. And we'll take a look at that and we'll do the same thing with that. So anyway, that's my thought. Anyway. But I need to give them enough time to say smart things, right? Which isn't that much time, but sometime nonetheless. Anyhow, thanks for listening on this Thursday. Hope you have a great day. If I can help you help somebody that's struggling, don't hesitate. Let me know. All the contact info on the website gets to me. Not my corporate headquarters. Because I don't have one. Mm-hmm. But I might someday. One never knows. Anyway, on this Thursday, have a great day. I'm Mike McNamara. Named by, by my mother, Kathleen. Uh, the Salmarine Radio. Have a great day. And on that note, I'm out. <laughs>